Hey, Queenie. <laughs> Cast of R&B. Like that, you like that. Is that Eddie singing? No, nah, definitely oh. not me singing. It's definitely I not wish. me singing. That's not you. <laughs> I no, wish. No, it's not me. I paid someone top like, down to do that for I me. Wish. <laughs> that does sound like if you had a singing voice, that was it. That would be uh, me. Hillary and Eddie, like Ooh, I can sound that sound Hillary like Hillary and Eddie. Okay, maybe. Oh my not. god, okay. <laughs> the R&B video face. Do it again, Eddie. I want to see. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Cast of R&B. Yes, I'm Hillary, a.k.a. Killer Hills. I am Eddie, a.k.a. Silver Fox with the Afro. I got my pick action going today. Yeah, this is big <laughs> pandemic energy, big self-quarantine. This is being, this is what, into the being black. Months. Look, Being black oh, in America but... looks like right now. <laughs> oh, really? The pick and the army fatigue. We're like going that? hard. We're just out here. You like that? The cream background, ready for more. <laughs> And masterpiece songs. I don't know. Maybe both. Maybe All of the above. The Hillary, who we got today? <laughs> today, on this episode of the cast of R&B, we are talking to the fabulous Kirby and her dog, Queenie. Yes. Shout out to her. She's going to be crying. I don't know. She barked her music, but I feel, I'm here for her in her moment. Like, you have a voice too, Queenie, in the struggle. Yes, Queenie. Yes, Black baby, you dogs do. dogs matter. Yes, they do, honey, especially when they got a black owner. So she Listen. definitely matters, honey. A black owner <laughs> she from, definitely matters. From, from Mississippi, yes. baby. From Mississippi, South Haven. Uh, oh, hold up. <laughs> Don't tell them the zip, Eddie. Don't tell them the zip. But yeah, we from we from that, that South Haven, honey. In my cricket letter, cricket letter. I right, thank y'all for having me. I'm hype. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about this new album sis if you could describe it like your music to newcomers to your to your genius what would you say I sound like wow man I, I mean honestly I feel like my whole goal is to sound like future funk that's that's the whole sonic goal um I really wanted to write a record that reminded black women that we're loved that we're valued I went into the studio honestly kind of mad at this guy and was not expecting to write all these kind of love songs about monogamy and you know being in a healthy relationship but because I started off in a relationship with him that was quite healthy I guess when I came to the studio that part had to come out as well so I mean I tell everybody all the time I said I don't want to be looked at as some star as some woman that's um, unattainable. Really, when you when you see me somewhere or when you come on my Instagram or when you listen to my music, you really should feel like you're listening to your sis. I mean, point blank, period. So when that title came, I was like, yeah, that feels right because I, I don't feel like the goal is to be some type of woman that is just some ideal no like I just really want women to listen to my music and and feel like they're talking to listen to their best friend so hopefully 
hopefully they feel that way. I will be mad a little bit on the next record because apparently he's engaged. So we got a little bit of. <laughs> oh, so y'all ain't, y'all ain't together little, no more. Uh, we're still healing. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Congrats right. to him. Congrats. Oh, my God. Yes. Congratulations. Cute post, Oh, my God. Right. All that. On another note, in terms of struggles, <laughs> uh, you know, it's been a wild week in Black America. I feel like every week we do this podcast and we say, oh, this has been a wild week in Black America. And then the next week comes, it it's wild. Just even, even wilder. wilder. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, it's not even uh, a five-day break, like a three-day break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how are you holding up? How are you... <sighs> I feel like it, it, honestly, I'm going to be real. When I look at my timeline now, I feel like everybody's trying to slowly transition back into a sense of normalcy, and I'm not about it. Um, my thing is figuring out how can we keep the conversation going um, when people start getting emotional fatigue, which I feel like is what is happening now. And, you know, you know, our grandparents and great-grandparents, they were in that thing for the long haul. I feel like we really kind of have to figure out how are we going to refresh ourselves in order to keep this conversation going for as long as it needs to go. Because we as a people, we cannot, we just, it's just not time for us to be tired. And I, I feel the weight of it. I, I really do. Like I had so many conversations with non POC over the last few weeks about issues and seeing like white men in tears, which I personally never experienced before, which had me kind of shook. And I'm like, wait, like what's, it, it just was weird. It's, it's been a very weird and heavy, like the word that consistently comes up. Or not? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think they were crying because they they felt really what it felt like to be black in America and realize, you know, you grow up in a place that has not made space for you and everything in their life has made space for them. And I, and I think when, once they really, when you have that one-on-one conversation with somebody, you know, that's never really had it with somebody they know they've just kind of watched it on you know behind the screen or in front of the screen I think it just hit them differently I was kind of shook you know but I feel like for me I, I I'm just trying to of course a, a, a black activism is, is also learning how to have joy in the midst of this but also not needing so much joy that I get distracted from the fact that we still need to be using our voices to amplify uh, the issues. Breonna Taylor's killers are still not arrested, quite frankly, hey, right? I, yeah, right? I think Kentucky, Kentucky had like hella voter suppression today with like only yes. having like one, you know. I believe one Democrats have filed some sort of court stay and they're telling people to stay in line and people are yeah. being windows like let me in to vote. Girl, and I've seen the lady, whoever is over the thing in Kentucky, she was like, yeah, I'm not going to let letters from celebrities pressure me into doing things. So, I mean, clearly we just have people in in higher positions of power that just do not care. So I, um, I don't know my, my prayer is like, Lord, show me how to creatively keep black people, not black people, but black lives in the minds of people who um, would rather think about something else creatively. How can I do that? Cause I'm not here to entertain y'all. I'm here to, to tell y'all, you know, we got some stuff that's, that still needs to be fought for. So how can I do that with, without uh, making, it's almost like the putting the broccoli in a piece of a brownie. Like people think they're eating a brownie and the next thing you know, you get like a whole vitamin. It's like, Oh, ooh, I didn't know I was about to really just get something real like that. How can I, you know, continue to, 
give out a, a message about what's going on in a way that people are not even expecting. It's like, oh, I didn't even know that's where that was headed. That's what, I, what I'm trying to figure out. Because people are tired. I feel I oh, think it's, we, we, I think that's be, a good point because I think there are so many different layers to the Black Lives Matter conversation that people are having simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's interesting that you have used your voice uh, through TikTok and how to have a non-racist breakfast because apparently people mm -hmm. didn't know that their breakfast was racist. Please tell us a little bit more about schooling us. Sis, I didn't know. First of all, ticket. you didn't see that mammy on the box. What you mean? I, okay, let me tell you something. I grow. I, <laughs> being from Mississippi, Aunt Jemima was really a part of you know our culture. Like I remember having breakfast, and like we got the syrup and we got the box. My daddy's hungry. Like I, I literally. <laughs> My dad is hungry. <laughs> yeah, you know. So we about to flip these pancakes and first and it's low key vegan. So if you make it without eggs, I was like, Oh, this is easy. Now I had become so subconsciously conditioned to seeing her on there that it really wasn't until I went to my fridge. This is, this is really why, why I got the idea. I was hungry. It was in my fridge and I went and I looked, and I was like, Oh, I wonder, is this black owned? You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, Oh wow, this could be awesome. And girl, I, it's the opposite. Sis. I mean, she but was I'm, hungry. I'm, yeah, like for real. Like, I mean, but that that just goes to show you that that my family had that in their homes. Like, we it's so many little subtle things that are racist in front of us that we. I think for me, especially being from the south, you just kind of grow up thinking, okay, this is just you don't question it. You don't think that there's a way for that to change. And for me, I I, th I think this whole movement has really challenged me to um, kind of recondition my mind to ask myself, what am I accepting on a daily basis that is, um, that is offensive, that I must have subconsciously told myself this can't be changed. And honestly, I, I, I learned. I learned about Aunt Jemima because I literally <laughs> had it in my fridge. Yeah, yeah. I have, you know. It was like, I, wait a minute. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh you know, so, and I, I, I got a friend. That night, I went up to his apartment, my homie, and I looked at his, uh, that's before I even posted the video, he had to serve. You know, he from Mississippi as well. So I'm like, wait a minute, we just not thinking here. We got her, we got the pancake to serve. I mean, and we're educated black people. So I I was I, I was asleep. I once was blind. <laughs> but now I and see. Now I but see. But now <laughs> I see. I really see. I'll never, I'll never unsee again. I really won't. Yeah, there, you know, really there, there's so many different layers to, you know, the conversation and, and uh, you know, being in corporate America and working at, uh, you know, a label, right, where there is not a lot of us there. The, the conversations and have gone completely in another direction. For example, I had three, you know, of my white counterparts, you know, text me on Juneteenth, which we had the day off officially to say happy Juneteenth. And I was like... <laughs> Would you? Would, is that what we want? Should I wish you happy Yom Kippur? Like, or should I say happy Rosh Hashanah? I don't, I don't know how to really react here. But you know, again, right. we, we have uh, a different conversation. I think that we're in a position now to continue to voice our concerns. Um, but yeah. you know, I'd be interested to hear how are you? You know, obviously being quarantined, right, and obviously working on music. How are you mm -hmm. taking some of these experiences and channeling them into your new music? Let me tell you something, Eddie. The funny thing is, before this even started, my whole project was about 
um, being a female and being black in America. So I had all these songs and I was shook because I was like, dang, that's where my spirit was. That's where my soul was. And it just like so happened that life is aligning. So that's where the whole climate, emotional climate of people, that's where we are as a nation. So it's not, it has not altered my cause as far as music, because literally I was on hashtag Miss Black America. That's the whole premise of this project. That's where my head has been at. So for me, it's been confirmation that like, we need more, more of this. Solange can't be, Beyonce can't be the only, you know, and they're not the only Badu, Jill, but we just need, you can't, you can't have too much representation. I don't mm-hmm. think you can have too many people talking about this. So that for me, it just, it just confirmed that, you know, what since this is something that you need to be doing and just really going back to what I was saying with Hillary is so many things that I've really, I just had to, I've had to unlearn um, growing up from the, growing up in the South and really just, adapting to your environment where there's so much segregation where the white gaze is is so important and colorism is is such still a thing like I don't know I I, for me I've just had to I've had to put it in the music because I'm trying to be a I'm trying to learn how to love myself and accept my blackness and 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 unlearn a lot of things so it was naturally coming up in the music Eddie and it just so happened that all of this you know started to happen um, but yeah, I, I'm not putting, I, one thing I will say it has done, it's affected what I write for other people because a lot of my, um, producers that I work with, of course, are non-TLC, especially when I'm songwriting. And if I ever feel like, you know how sometimes it's for me, it, it's, it's going to be very hard to just go back to writing to like, like writing, just turn up songs for me. I, I, there is no turn. We not, I don't care if I'm not trying to place a frivolous record right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. I don't. I don't feel like that's what we need to hear. Um, I'm not trying to be give you any type of menstrual show when it comes to me writing for myself or writing for others. So I've really had to kind of put a break on, you know, writing for other people with producers because it's like, what are we saying? Mm-hmm. What are we saying here? Because you know, when you're trying to place a record, usually you're going for tempo. You're not, you know, you're going for something that feels good. But if it's just feeling good to make people forget, I'm not really here for that right now. So, yeah, I was I was first introduced you know. to you as a as a songwriter. So you know, whether it be Kanye or or Rihanna or B, you know, and I don't even and I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I don't, I've never known you to be a songwriter that has done those type of records. Every, every record that I've heard that you've been a part of has had some type of depth and had some type of passion and, and message behind it. But you mm-hmm. know, what, who are you, you know, working with right now, whether it be for your own project or for, mm-hmm. for other people? First off, thank you for saying that. Cause I, I really, sometimes I look at my discography and I'm like, I hope that it, it, it does seem like there's a, a, a common thread of like message and passion and purpose behind it. Um, I'm really hyped about the John Legend record that we just got placed. Um, Don't walk away. I've, I've heard of that guy. Oh yeah. Shameless plug, Eddie. <laughs> I've heard of that guy. Um, I am hyped about that. Um, you know what? I, I've really found this, this one producer, you know, I did the first record with the Dab Kings and I found this new producer um, who just did, I forget the girl's name, Alina Barazes. Yeah, he executive produced Alina Barazes' album. He's a young guy, um, and he plays, like, every instrument in the book. So we honestly, him and I have been working on the record because, child, everybody in New York, 
we can't get together in our studio and the Dap Kings, Minahan, Sheehan, they're all based out there and they're not, you know, ain't nobody gathering them together because of the COVID thing. So I've worked with Spencer for this record, but I really feel like as a songwriter, I only want to align myself with people who are using their voice for something important. And like the people you just named, they stand for something. And that's, those are the only type of people that I can see myself wanting to give the pen to at this time, because, you know, I'm not writing songs to distract people from what's going on. But a lot of times, you know, when you're working, Eddie, with, and the artist isn't there, you feel that pressure just to write a big song. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You're like, oh, let me just write something that this might sound good on radio. Um, if the, especially if the artist isn't there to really kind of give you some type of... Um, Direction? Focus Guiding. and direction. You know, you're just like, you might be on a Zoom call with a producer and they just want to write a big song. Oh, this sounds like Lizzo. Well, this sounds like Demi Lovato. And it's like, hold up. You know, what, would they, what do they really want to say? at this time and that's for me that's impossible to write unless you're in the room with them so i'm just trying to make sure that whatever i'm writing for myself or for others really um speaks to the time that we're in you know that's and i'm okay with that if it don't make you dance then okay (laughs) (laughs) it may be time to cry maybe we need some shed a few tears somebody else will make you dance (laughs) just speaking i want to button up the ancient mama thing so this week the company did announce that they were going to change the name. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to change it to, but something like, yeah. you know, then, yeah. also syrup, syrup to pancake right. syrup company. I don't know. Yeah. So, the, you know, Kirby's TikTok worked. And you yeah, know, her that. family, the family of Nancy Green, I will say, still has not been properly compensated. And I think that is, that's something that's not Shocking. getting a lot of attention. Yeah. But, you know, if I anything, I think it would be for the, for the listeners who don't know, not to interrupt you. Nancy Green was the lady that was hired to actually be the quote unquote um, Aunt Jemima. Um, and she was a former slave and she was hired by Chris Rudd, who was the founder. Um, but her family, I think it's a, a great granddaughter, I believe. You know, they're speaking of how they still have not been properly compensated. And I don't know how uh, she deserves to be honored. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She deserves to be honored. And I don't know how I how see. they're going to do that. But I, I empathize with them because, you know, they're saying, hey, we don't want this to go away without her having, you know, proper acknowledgement. And I agree. So hopefully they find a way to do that because clearly she was the marketing tool that made that thing go. So they, you know, to, to, to not properly um, afford their family what they deserve, that's not fair, you know? It's not fair. So. On the funnier side, it's like, I wonder what they're going to do when the Popeye's lady, when they realize, ooh, that's where the Popeye's lady is. Really Girl, I All that chicken sandwich is gone. That's why black people have been mad about the Popeye's lady for <laughs> years. Listen, they, I'm like, that's what I'm saying. This marketing the Popeye's lady, the pine saw lady. There's some lady smelling oh, games. She's Jesus. really, really hype in the store about the smelling. Oh Lord, I'm still, I'm still not ready to accept the Popeye's lady. Ain't really the, really the woman who's behind Popeye's. That took me. I think I learned about that when I was like <laughs> still in high school. And I was like, what? What? What do you mean? Like, yeah. my, you know, it's. It's it's crazy how, what they what they how they profit off our faces but don't really give us our due. It's just not it's not cool. It's pretty wild. It's not cool. <laughs> oh, Queenie. Queenie. So yeah. we have Testify. also on the Testify. podcast. Go ahead, Silver Fox. Please please introduce our fourth guest. <laughs> oh, Queenie. Our Queenie. fifth guest. 
Queenie got something to say. She like, no, listen, y'all ain't going to be the only ones talking about being black in America. I was in Crooklyn. I know what it is. Queenie, knows, is a, Queenie is a tiny Pomeranian. If you never watched Spike Lee's movie, <laughs> Crooklyn, the, the, the old auntie, the old southern auntie in the movie had a Pomeranian named Queenie who met with a sad demise in a couch. And I don't know even how that oh, happened. No. And it was terrible. This Queenie is not going to, you know, that same fate is not going to befall this Queenie. She's here no. and she's ready with her cuddles. She's chewing the microphone cord. It's great. Yes. <laughs> She's so happy. She's smiling. Oh, right. So tell me a little bit about when you're when you're writing songs for yourself, how is it different? And like working with your producer on on sis, because it's very like soulful but funky. And like you called it uh what future soul? Future funk, yeah. Future funk. Is that yeah. like is that in, in any way intersect with Afrofuturism? Afro-futurism. Yes, girl. That's yeah. That's the whole visual for the new project, girl. We're going Afrofuturism. I'm really got. I got to. I got to turn that up. I love that. Um, oh my god, are you gonna dress up like Watchmen? This is exciting. Where are we going I'm with this? I'm scared of that show. I'm scared of that show. What you gonna do? <laughs> they said people. A lot of people be dying in that show. I haven't watched it, but they said it's it so bomb. Well, they did the beginning of. Uh, they started with the Tulsa massacre. Um. <gasps> And so that's the intro. That's why black yeah. people were like, oh my God, I didn't know. And like, oh, you didn't know your yeah. ancestors ripped through black communities and killed people and lynched people and literally yeah. dropped bombs on they whole missed, black towns. Like, you didn't know? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it happened. And this is how they started this HBO show. So welcome. Mm, Come on. I got to read. Speaking of which, I got to, there's a book. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. I really got to watch it now. I actually didn't know it had that angle to it. Um, Tell me about your book. What book? What is it called? White Fragility? Have you heard about that? White this Fragility. Fragility, yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. That you is read the it? white lady that other that other white people like to be yelled at by. It's the yeah, favorite. I've heard, right? Like, if they're going to be yelled at, it, it has to be with, from her. Yeah, I've heard that. A couple of people have told me to read that. Um, I don't think you but back to Queenie, stop, baby. Why are you barking like this? Hold on. Um, girl, so back to the record. Yes. Um, Honestly, this, I'm going to tell you something. Just on a lighter note and a happier note, my the whole Minahan band is is white. I think we have, it was one, it's one black guy in there. And one thing I will say is that when I was in that room, it was not, not once that I feel like my color was, they were seeing me as, oh, there's a black woman in the room. Was I treated differently? Do I feel like my voice was diminished? I, I, I think all of this has really made me appreciate the rooms that I've been in and felt that there was no sense of white superiority in the room. Like, and I'm working with all white males, you get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I feel like one thing, if I didn't have music, if I didn't have those experiences that, that, that reminded me that it's, it really is possible to be in a room and see people as, as people, Knowing that they're white, knowing that they're black, but but also just having a just a bond and a unity, I feel like that's that's really what I come away with from come away with from this record is knowing that dang, like I really did make this in a room with men. Of course, we're dealing with opposite sex, and we're dealing with white men. And not once did I feel like you know uncomfortable or small or I don't know. And I feel like that had a lot to do with 
just working with good people. So especially in times like this, it's just good to have a point of reference for all white people are not um, consistently um, operating ignorant to our issues or, or just um, wanting to be in a bubble where they don't care. Like they have been posting about protests and being in the streets in New York almost more so than some of, you know, some of the black people that I follow, like they've been about it. So I will say that's one of the positive things about working, working on this record is that I, I get to look at it and post and be like, dang, we weren't just making, y'all didn't just, we didn't just make music together. These are people that I actually respect when it comes to real issues. Um, so we just had a great time working the record. I mean, all of them play instruments, girl. So we'll just be in a room just jamming. I mean, that's honestly, I have voice memos on my phone and it's literally somebody playing drums, somebody playing bass, somebody playing keys. And I'm just scatting the record. And it's, it was just, we made the record in two weeks in New York. And it's, it was the happiest two weeks of my life. Cause it was like two years of me being in Mississippi and being like, okay, what in the world is going to happen with my life? And it was like, God just gave me this two week moment of like hope of like Kirby, you leaving LA and leaving songwriting was not in vain. Like I had these people waiting for you. It just took all these no's in order for you to get to them. So I'm, I, I, I've, I made the blackest record that I've ever made with, with <laughs> so oh, a whole lot of white guys, a whole bunch of white dudes. But what I will say is they respect the culture. They respect the sound. And I have no choice but to respect them because of that, you know. I really do. Yeah, no sense of God will put you or the universe or God. Whatever you want to call it, yeah. Ancestors. Yeah, yeah. We'll put yeah. you in a space and be like, here's where you are going to thrive. I know you can yeah. all these other different moments where you thought it wasn't going to work. But yeah. I was really trying to, I was just, I was trying to ping pong you back to yes. this place. <laughs> you just yes. Okay. Uh, uh. And yes. then when you, when you get in that moment, you're like vibrating. You're like, yes. Yes, like, girl. That's what I was supposed to be doing. I did it. Yes. For like, yes. getting there. I'm slow, but thank you for your patience. <laughs> yes, girl. Because I made it. Give me a second. <laughs> Listen, a heck of a second, sis, but thank God, yeah. It's, it, it really was one of the happiest moments. It really was. So what's your favorite song off of it? Because I'm going to say, I really like, I feel like Don't Leave Your Girl is giving me big Amy Winehouse vibes. Yeah. And I say We Don't Funk. Mm-hmm. I would say We Don't mm-hmm. Funk would be my, what was about to be your second one? Let me guess, Apple? Mm, because I like the California Dreaming line. I do like that. Uh, <laughs> She's from like, California. That means you in love. That means yeah. you in love. I'm in love. You got somebody you love. That's why you you chose that one. (laughs) Yes, come on. Oh, how long you been married, Hillary? Oh my God, we got married in 2014. 2014. Six years. You newlywed almost. You made the five year hump. Right. Eddie been married longer than me. That's why I got the stank face just then. Tell us about his old head. Oh yeah. Ten, Ten years in July. Holla at me. Wow. Y'all gonna do a vow renewal for everybody does one for 10 years. Oh well we had something lined up, but this thing called COVID came along and oh, oh, yeah. that's a sour sore sad, sad Jamaican song. <laughs> so we're gonna be we're gonna be here at the house looking at well, we're actually gonna be at our, at our new place because we're moving in the whole house right now. Hey boxes and all types of shit. We've been purging. I was like, can we purge the kids too or nah? 
<laughs> yeah, it was a no on the kid, so. I'm kidding. No, no. no. Y'all be good. Listen, my daddy always says, this is what he tells me. He says, you better have a kid so you have somebody to take care of you when you get old. So listen, yeah. Yeah, your older life seems to be taken care of. If you got kids and they love you, hopefully they love you when you're older. I got three. I got three. It's like it's like the lottery. One of these, one of these is gonna work. It's like (laughs) I got one and a dog, and I'm pretty sure the dog is not gonna outlive me. Oh, you got one baby. I I have Uh, one baby. Oh oh, my goodness. One is human, and one has. Yeah, I know, right? Because the fur baby really is becomes your baby. He the dog is gonna be loyal. <laughs> yeah, the dog is gonna hold me down, but he's not gonna live to hold me down when I need it. That's the struggle. I know. So, I'm gonna butter up this kid, make sure it lasts for a long haul. Yes, honey, <laughs> you'll need him. <laughs> That's true. So wait, what is? So your favorite song is 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 that one? Or I say we don't funk. Yeah, I really love that song, and I feel like. I don't know. I've always wanted to like feel like how James Brown would, would feel when he would be on stage and just like sweaty and just gritty and just like I don't know a whole lot of energy like D'Angelo Voodoo type energy when he had like Anthony Hamilton as his background singer. Like I love that. So my I, I mean I don't know when we'll get together and actually perform the songs live, but I I just love funky type of energy and I feel like it's. It's rare that we get to see women do like Parliament type of energy. I didn't know Parliament got hella drama. I watched a documentary on them and like a lot of the women in that crew were not treated fairly and all of that. So there's a whole female movement behind this whole Funkadelic um, Sonic as well. So I I love it. That's We Don't Fuck is my favorite. What's your favorite one, Eddie? Well, first of all, and I know we're about to run out of time because you got to go get your stretch on. I want to tell yes. Hillary about you talking about <laughs> your stage it's presence. Classes like in the time of the COVID are very important. The last yes, time, awesome. the last time I saw Kirby was in Brooklyn. She oh. was performing, and she came on oh, stage. Man. She had the blue. It was blue, right? It was it like yes, a blue sequence <laughs> type joint and, and and put the arms up? She had the the silver with the the silver lining, and she looked like a she looked like the black Wonder Woman coming on stage. Come on, come on! To all them, to out. all them, as Kirby would say, POC, non POC, excuse me, uh, in the audience in Brooklyn, you know, the, the non POC. Uh, I think now B I POC. <laughs> Whatever What's they that? were, in the, we were in the gentrified part of Brooklyn. Black and indigenous people of color. I had to Google it. I'm not gonna lie. Is that what we are? Bi- that's bi- what we are. BIPOC. BIPOC. Yes, that's the new acronym. Oh BIPOC. girl, I can't keep up. Well, she came on stage looking like a black <laughs> uh, female superhero in the, in this very gentrified room in Brooklyn, and tore the Bruh, stage hell down. And, and tore, tore, the, tore the stage down. Um, thank you for coming brother and uh <laughs> and it was so exciting to 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 see her and perform this music and i think that you have music that can not only um you know translate to the non-poc but also the poc as well yes lord yes, so lord. i'm looking forward to the new music question how are you putting yes. out the new you are you what company are you putting the new music out with no, I was just I was just curious because if you if you need help putting out the music, I you I, so like me, you so like me, but Eddie, um, part of me, what I don't know, I she her, I don't know, but I one thing I will say, baby, is I do love Eddie and I love 
That's what, all. That's all you need to This is what I love about Eddie. Let me tell you this. Mm. I think we had like a three-hour meeting. It was me and my mom, Eddie, and maybe one other guy. And honestly, for the first hour, Hillary, we were just like talking. And I think we had bought him like a dessert or something. I had never met Eddie before. I had heard about him. I was like, well, let me bring him a gift. Child, when I tell you, he, some people, when you bring them something, you know, they just going to put it down. They ain't going to eat it in a moment. I said, Eddie's a real one, y'all, because he ate, he ate it in a moment. I was like, you know what? He was a real I wasn't worried about Eddie them did. calories. Give me all that. <laughs> He's a real one, yo. And I think he, like, had not slept the night before because he had just got in from a flight. So, and that's when I was in Mississippi um, and still, like, really trying to, and I still very much am, trying to, like, you know, give the music the best opportunity. And, like, I just really appreciate Eddie, for real, for real. You just taking the time and just <laughs> believing in the music, even in that state. Like, I, I really do. I really, really do. So, let the record show, Eddie. Well, thank, thank you for letting the record show. Let the record show. I love you. You are amazing. Likewise. I, I can't wait to partner up with you and put this new music out. You know, you, you guys just throw yeah. out. Throw Can you not do the hard press during the podcast? <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. It's yeah. a lot of pressure. <laughs> Listen, I'm unapologetically still black. Like, nah. No, nah, because Eddie still ain't sent me my pies. He ain't sent me no vegan. Why y'all ain't making? Where, where's my pie? Where am I supposed to pie, Eddie? Where my pie, Eddie? Oh uh, man! Eddie be making potato pies. Where are these? Oh, you talking about the banana pudding? You talking about the banana pudding? Oh, it's the banana pudding. Oh, see, it's been too long. I didn't change it to sweet potato. That's all right. No, that's Pat. That's want, Patty. Oh no, I don't want the Patty. I need banana pudding. Banana pudding pie. Are y'all still doing them? Yes. Every now and then, I got you. Next time you in New York. After the COVID comes. 2021. 2020. Right. 2021. We're going to have them for yes. you there. <laughs> 2022. We're allowed to come out of the house. Exactly. Right. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Queen Queen said they got to go stretch. They got to go get on the mat and yeah. stretch. <laughs> like, listen, we got to Oh, my God. I do want to say thank you, Kirby, for making this. It's really... It is a nice little bomb to soothe the Black women during this crazy, crazy time. And I'll take that with me. I do feel nice and loved when I listen to it. And oh, Hillary, yes. At the same time, bomb. Like honestly, when you see me saying that word, I'm give you credit like the first five times. But girl, I feel like I'm be saying that all throughout the year. So just know <laughs> it came from you. Like I love that this is a bomb. Like that's that's about to be the whole. That's that's about to be in the whole thesis of the next project. So thank you. This, that look, girl, you are biting my finger. I don't know. If that's I, just, out of I love. let the record show that Queenie is acting out. She is in her yes. fight. She's ready to go hard. Ooh, child. She's the been put off show. the lap, lady and ladies and gentlemen. Queenie has been booted from the lap. Baby, <laughs> I'm a single fire mom. It's tough out here. She, I don't know where Drake is, but we're gonna have to find her a day, a sponsor or something of some sure. I'm tired. Slick custody. Slick custody. Slick custody, girl. Oh lord, I'm ready go to half on the baby. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Miss Kirby. Thank y'all. That's it, cast of R&B. I'm the Silver Fox, Eddie Blackman. <laughs> I am Hillary, a.k.a. Killer Hills. And I'm drag. happy to be black in America, and we're out of here. Cast of R&B. Wow. I'm happy to be black. I'm happy to be black, too. I'm happy to be black, too.